Welcome back to Rogue Fun, a podcast story. The podcast all about Rogue One. I'm Alice White, and joining me this week is a fabulous return guest. Back as a returning champion, <laughs> we have the Supreme Waffle, the network producer of the Geeky Waffle Network, Miss Candace Cause here. Hello there. Hi, Candace. Thank you so much for coming Hello. back and joining us for this episode. I'm really, I have a lot of feelings. I have a lot of feelings. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Same. There's like so much going on um, in this episode. And since you've already joined us on this episode, we don't need to talk to you about your um, Rogue One feelings and experiences. What we should do instead is talk about this episode and how it makes us feel feelings and feelings that I have been rehashing all day and comparing them to my Rogue One feelings and comparing um, everything that we've heard in this episode and in this show to Rogue One. Um, and it it's doing something to my heart <laughs> and it's um, affecting me really deeply. The show has been so incredible and so emotional that I'm just I'm really excited to talk about this finale with you um because there's there's a lot to talk about yeah this is the the last time I cried at a Star Wars was either Rogue One or the Jedi Knight and Star Wars Rebels Mm -hmm. those two were like the last Star Wars things where I openly wept I get teary-eyed like Siege of Mandalore the sequels trilogy but like this like Full sob. Full on weeping. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yes I, I feel similarly that Star Wars has often brought me to open tears. Um, and this was, there was a couple of moments in this episode that got me there. Um, and I guess we should just dive on it. So the majority of this episode takes place on Ferrix, and it takes place at Marva's funeral. So before we get to Marva's funeral, um, just like we'll just cover real quick the every, everything that happened not at Marva's funeral, which wasn't very much. We, we were pretty focused this episode on one location. Um, but importantly, it's important to, to mention that Mon Mothma and Perrin um, have indeed introduced their daughter to someone who may be her future husband i love that they cast them age accurate Mm -hmm. to make sure you understood understood how creepy this is oh yeah oh yeah those are legit children it's really creepy yeah when the when the door opened and that boy turned around i was like that is a literal child Mm -hmm. and it really the that whole moment it's not a very big scene and it's followed uh by you know or it's um preceded by the confirmation that uh that mon mothma is being listened to at all times we knew the driver was suspect luthan told her the driver was suspect he's a new face he's probably a spy um but we've got confirmation now the driver is listening to everything they do and say i believe it was mon mothma who said I have like I have a new driver, working, yeah, and he's working for the Empire. Like, yes, she knows, it's a she new knew. face. I don't know him. Like, he's probably yeah. a spy. Yeah, she. Knew, she yes, she knew. She's playing 4D chess, and I'm just so impressed with her Inc- that she incredibly. is. She's mm-hmm. like, my marriage already sucks. 
I'm going to throw my husband under the bus. <laughs> and just be like, it can't it's incredible. get worse. Absolutely you know? incredible. It took me a moment to realize what she was, what she was doing. Um, oh, I knew what she was doing right then and I there just, when she's like, privacy, please. And I was like, oh, no, she wants him to listen. Yeah, but I couldn't. Uh, it took me a second to realize when she was like, you're gambling again. I was like, what are you? Is he like, and it took me a second to realize that his like protests were real, that he was like, yeah. absolutely, I'm not, I am not, I promise you, I'm not. And I was like, oh, he's being sincere. Mm -hmm. This is, this is a game for her. She's messing with him. Um, She's not to get even what messing she wants. with him. She's <laughs> sacrificing more of their relationship and their mm -hmm. trust for oh, the yeah. reunion. She's just like checked yeah. out. She's like, she it's like she heard Luthen's speech from the episode before with Luth yeah. Luthen's speech about sacrifice and about what, what it means to give everything to the rebellion. She wasn't there for that speech, but it's like she heard it. She's finally willing to say, all right, we're yeah. going to do it. She's giving up her daughter mm -hmm. to, like, and her marriage. She does not believe it. Mm -hmm. She doesn't believe in the early marriage. Right. Yeah. Something that she was forced to do. And yeah. now is opposed to it on mm -hmm. like a moral level. Yeah. And she's going to do it anyways because it's for a different like higher cause. And she's going to do the same thing to her husband. She's yeah. going to give him up for the cause. And That's yes, it's noble on paper, but also she's in too deep at this point. Oh, yeah. She she's can't. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's like the imperial. She's mm -hmm. like the imperial that Luthen was talking to last episode is like. Right. You're in this till you're in the grave. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, and there was a reason why, like in the um, previously on Andor section at the beginning, they they did highlight the um because you know they always pick the very relevant bits, and they mm -hmm. did highlight when she looks at Val and she goes, um, she says, "I am in so much trouble. She's mm -hmm. in too deep. She's gone too far." And that though watching her do that and the sacrifice she made and the, and the things that she is willing to do for the rebellion, not just because it's for the rebellion, but because she's, she's committing and she's going to stay committed because she made a, a promise. Right. Um, it made me respect her more. Um, I had lost a little bit of respect for her while I've been gaining more respect for, um, for Luthen. And for Saw, well, I already had a lot of respect for Saw Gerrera mm -hmm. because that guy, that guy rules. Um, I had a lot of respect for Saw Gerrera, but I was losing respect for Mon Mothma because her methods were so different from theirs. Um, and this was a like a kind of a wake up to um, just because she's not out there literally sacrificing lives like Krieger's um, or, you know, Saw's partisans literally going to you know commit acts of violent terrorism just because she's not doing that doesn't mean she's not losing things that she loves as well um, and sacrificing things and uh, so uh, I will never question Mon Mothma's commitment to the rebellion um, because the one thing is that what we know from Mon Mothma from a brief time and like Return of the Jedi and other things is like Leia like idolizes her Mm -hmm. A lot of people idolize her. Like she becomes the chancellor with of the New Republic. Mm -hmm. And at that time, things are going okay, or at least it seems like it's going okay. And 
it's just it's it's interesting to see like this kind of pure leader figure who seems very like motherly to Leia, like get her hands dirty. Yeah. And understanding because like we see her in Rebels and we see her fight with Saw and Rebels. We see her in Rogue One, but like we don't get as deep as this, obviously. Yeah. Yes, because yeah, from what we see of her in Rogue One and and Rebels, we see that she does value diplomacy and political solutions rather than military solutions um and she you know the things that she values are so different than other rebels um but yeah that doesn't mean that she's not willing to like you said get her hands dirty that she's not willing to to be in the weeds and actually accomplish things for the rebellion as best as she could they're just quieter less flashy Mm -hmm. ways um because to as we learned from about her daughter last week her daughter's like a fanatic she's like an old school like return to the old ways kind of gal so to her daughter this is like a good thing yeah she was smiling she's into it she's like i'm gonna get married i'm gonna do things the way that the traditions dictate like she's she has found her way into that like world um, um and that happens every once in a while it's like generation flips yeah um, it happens in the re- in the real world all the time um, yeah i said on the geeky waffle I'm like maybe she just wants to get married to get away from mon and Piran's fighting constantly <laughs> she's like true. this is my ticket out <laughs> this is my ticket out i'm gonna marry somebody my age and start a family of my own um and i i res- i i respect that i think um i respect her autonomy as a person um she seems to be going into this with uh as much enthusiasm as mon mothma's lacking like but she's 13 she's 13 what did you what do you know at 13 even no, though nothing in this galaxy 14 year olds can run a planet right but that and that's it is i don't think that these people should be getting married at 13 but queen amidala was running a planet and being captured and you know and threatened and sent into exile and you know all of these things for her planet at 14 so ahsoka is out being in the middle pole war she yes ahsoka is a a child leading child soldier soldiers into battle Um, leading child soldiers who are literally 10 years old right these are they are effectively children aged quick but children um the star wars does seem to play fast and loose with um what people are are capable of deciding for themselves at at certain ages um it skews towards uh supporting young people in their you know say if you're you're young enough to you know make a decision for yourself if that's what you want to do then then go for it there doesn't seem to be a bottom age for that like yeah Bo- like little baby boba fett running around in the clone wars show he was he gets tried as an adult because he's in a, in a the grown-ups prison we see him in the yeah. <laughs> the well, only one fakes his death arc and he's like hanging out with these you know known criminals right and he's like 10 years old when he watches mace windu behead his father like 
there's there does not seem to be a bottom age on this um for nobody's like that's a child <laughs> like leave that child Somebody alone. <laughs> take this child out of the situation this is not right nobody's yeah. like that nobody nobody's like that yeah. well cassian and, and his crew on canary like the adults mm-hmm. are dead the adults are gone they're running their own show like that's this is a recurring theme in star wars of like the about young people learning what their autonomy is like and learning what their like the consequences of their actions young um and i it's super sad and but we can't i think apply that same like morality to our real world i think we we are much more aware of the of the damage this can do on actual children (laughs) um where star wars is kind of like no i don't know everybody's fine go fight go fight each other cassie and Jin, literal child soldiers forget about it Mm -hmm. Jin Erso's eight years old suddenly a member of saw guerrera's partisans like that's just how it is in star wars (laughs) but you know whatever i guess if 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 uh leda leda mon mothma's daughter wants to want agrees that this is the thing that she wants is to get married young then mamatha doesn't like it but she's gonna do it because it's the it's the only way out yeah one way out so one way out exactly Uh, that was that was pretty intense there's it's a very short scene we don't spend a lot of time with them but there's a lot implied and a lot um a lot going on yeah, the and last the scene. Scenes. Yeah, the last scene with mom. There's no audio. It's just them having the ch- the children meet, and Genevieve's face just like, oh, it's all there. It's all there. Oh, rip your heart out. Yeah, she, yeah. She has. She is showing every emotion, um, and she's yeah. What an incredible actress Genevieve O'Reilly is. We're very lucky. She- do you know what a good segue is? Speaking of good mothers segue. being really terrible. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not so terrible mother, even though there are a lot of implications with this woman just stealing this child. Yes. You know, yes. I feel like needs to be explored more, maybe in season two. Yes, I would. I would hope so, because I also would hope that they don't drop the um, Cassian's sister story mm-hmm. altogether. I would like for that to... I know Marva said drop it. I don't want to drop it. No. Because I don't either. I don't answer to Marva. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Marva can't tell me what to do. I don't want to drop it. You're right that it needs to be explored that Marva did actually steal this child and raise yeah. him as 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 much as Cassian loves her and yeah. calls her mom and and takes care of her and and as much as he misses Clem, his father. Um, oh, I love who, that they had a scene of that because I, I felt that. that was lacking a lot. Like Mm-hmm. there's this whole other parent in Cassian's life that we did not get to see. No. And all we, we just... know about him is that he was hanged in the square. Yeah. We don't know which... for why we still don't know, but. Which isn't really a great look to have like. No, well, not great. Yeah. It's not a great look. Star Wars. Like. No, not, not, not my favorite thing. Um, so I hope there's more flashbacks in season two of him. That would be agree. great. Hard to agree. 
Um, he seems like a really interesting guy. And yeah, and it's him and Cassian really loved him. Mm-hmm. When really he's like touching his stone, him. he was mm-hmm. yeah, he Yes. Cassian goes to visit Clemstone, has a really great flashback to the two of them playing with junk and talking about how don't tell Marva <laughs> that we're playing with junk in the house, you know. It's yeah. sweet. It's really nice. And I'd like more of that. I, we need more flashbacks to Cassian's younger years. Can I say, like, I knew Cassian was going to be there. But when he just comes out of the shadows, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my sweet idiot boy. I literally said exactly the same <laughs> thing. <laughs> out loud, he comes around. Yes, of course we know he's going to Ferrix. He comes yeah. out of the shadow. And I went, oh, you sweet, handsome idiot. <laughs> I was like, wear like a hood at least, dude. Like just walk get a fancy cloak. With his full face and hair yeah. just out for everyone to see. And goes directly to his father's funerary stone. Um because there's that's a really fun way to get caught. <laughs> like and it's uh, just like you look like Diego Luna. People are gonna remember your face. People remember how handsome you are. Exactly. So, you know, oh. Cassian knows what his face is. He gets all the ladies with that face. Of course he does. He knows. <laughs> He's so handsome. And yeah, and there there he is visiting his father's funeral. So a beautiful moment. Very sweet. Yeah. Very dumb of him. As soon as he so stepped stupid. out of that shadow, I was like, I cannot believe that you showed up. <laughs> Don't, you don't have to be there. And, then, the and then everybody he meets from then on is like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Everyone just are you here? you're an idiot. All of his friends, every single person that hugged him was like, I'm gonna hug you because I miss you, but go away. <laughs> <laughs> you don't belong here. This was a really dumb mistake. And we know this because we've spent the last however many episodes watching everybody converge on Ferrix. We are watching every single named character in this show, except for Mon Mothma. <laughs> roll up I on Ferrix right now it was hilarious I texted Arzu our friend like I'm like everybody wants to get to Cassian Andor and I'm like I don't blame them I don't, bl- I don't blame Andor. them at all but like it's just hilarious that everyone's like right here and they're just here for this idiot man <laughs> yes for one dummy who who doesn't know that like he knows that he's a wanted man but he has no idea the havoc that he has caused he has no idea the rippling impact that he has had on these people you think about it cassian doesn't know that cyril karn's still looking for him cassian he doesn't, doesn't know who cyril karn is. is cassian doesn't know that dedra has connected him to axis he doesn't even know that luthan's being called axis he doesn't know that luthan well he probably assumed that luthan wants him dead because he because yeah. he took his share of the money and ran um but he like he doesn't know that luthan then goes all right vel Sinta, get on get on it he doesn't know vel and Sinta are there he knows nothing he catches one glimpse of luthan and is like ah dang it i'm i'm a goner <laughs> ah they got me they they know where i am and that's yeah. it like, he doesn't he doesn't know anybody else's mm-hmm. business we are treated to all of this <laughs> we the audience have gotten a chance to see exactly what kind of nonsense is going on at this funeral um cassian's like i've gotta uh, honor my mom and i'm gonna break bix out and yeah. that's his his only his only goal and thank god he's got friends and honestly like him like 
Breaking Fix out is honoring his mom. It is. Fix loved his mom. Everybody loved his mom. His mom liked Fix. Yeah. Speaking of which, he sees when Brasso, the talk him and Brasso have. Oh, oh. yeah, we have to talk about this. Um, That is when I sobbed. Yeah, I had a good cry listening to Brasso talk about Marva and relating Marva's last message to Cassian. Um, A lot of the the dialogue of, and this is, I wanted to talk about this, but the dialogue of um, of Brasso's message, Brasso passing on Marva's message, combined with the later, the imagery of Marva's giant hologram, larger than life mm-hmm. hologram. It really reminded me of um, this, the Galen's hologram in Rogue One. So you've got a larger than life Galen Urso hologram, not that large, not Marva large tall um, yeah a taller larger than life galen or so saying things like i just hope that you're okay um i just want i just want to know that my that my daughter is safe i think of you all the time you are the reason why i lied you're the reason why i wake up every morning um and i hope that you're okay that's first and foremost the most important thing and the second most important thing is i need you to step up and fight because I can't and I can't do that for yeah. you anymore and I can't hold your hand through this but you need to do it. It's the same I mean it's the same message. Marvis saying exactly the same thing to Cassian. Um and we we get it secondhand obviously through um through Brazo. But then tying it with Marva's big hologram message about fighting against the empire and and doing the right thing. I'm going to I'm going to cry again. I'm I <laughs> swear to God, I'm inches away from crying again. Um but it's the same I mean it's the same message. And this is Galen or so who Jin is going to lose, you know. Jin is about to lose Galen or so, but up until this point she has thought that he's been dead. And Cassian yeah. has lost his mother. This tie this connection, this this dead parent connection between them being passed on a message from somebody that they never thought they would speak to ever again. Um, And that message is, I love you and I want you to be safe and I want you to be happy. And I'm so proud of you, but you can't be apathetic anymore. You can't be apolitical anymore. You can't just leave it. You have to keep going and you have to fight. And there's, there's something you have to do. You are the reason why I do. I still work the way i am you're the reason why i do what i do oh no i'm crying i know i know (laughs) yeah we talked like a little bit about the waffle where we we got sad we're like oh marva doesn't know that he is part of the spark but she did she She did know she understands that about him and that's something i think cassie and why he tells jen like your father would be so proud of you is because he knows like how important that was for him to hear brazo like tell him yeah and your mother was just, proud of you and she loved you yeah <sighs> so when he tells that to jen it just like it just yeah. it is all ties so well with rogue one like we we get why just seeing the movie he doesn't shoot galen like okay he has a heart he doesn't want to kill someone who is good who's he knows is on their side right but this if you after learning about both his parents 
understanding yeah. like okay j- this girl has a chance to be reunited with one of his parent one of her parents mm-hmm. what would he give to have that you know absolutely just, it just adds so much to that scene now yeah you're absolutely correct yeah this um this whole show in general but yes but specifically um about cassian's like history and forming his actions um has added a lot to rogue one it's been really really um special for those of us who um are who are rogue one um super fans uh who those of us who run rogue one themed podcasts um especially (laughs) who that is (laughs) who could that be um really um yes to understand now that um it's not just that cassian um is like oh that galen guy seems seems legit we should probably keep him keep him alive in the novelization he says he sees galen has Jin's eyes look he says galen looks so much like Jin. i can't i can't kill him and now we also have i've lost everything i've lost my parents Jin thought she lost her dad but there he is he's right there and we have a chance to do the right thing um yeah. just an, yeah as you said uh, just another layer of um of emotion there that in- informs us more about Cassian's character um which i feel really uh, i feel really lucky <laughs> i feel really, yeah. like I can't believe, like, part of me just can't believe that this, that the show even happened. That we've spent the last 12 weeks being, well, not quite. We've spent the last, like, nine weeks being blessed with all of this amazing content. Okay, Um, I don't want to make you cry again. No. (laughs) But the line that made, the line that made me sob the most was. I know what you're going to say. I love him more than anything he could ever do wrong. (laughs) and that is just that's what star wars is about star wars is about forgiveness Uh, and loving and just like you know mm -hmm. people overcoming the darkness yeah and even if it's their own darkness yeah and at the heart it's all about forgiveness especially like in the original trilogy that's what it's about forgiving those and forgiving like luke's journey with again it's parental it's with a parental figure oh yeah him forgiving his father so star wars is very much about these parental family relationships and i just i we talked about this a little bit beforehand but i just love that we see a parent just like outright like being like i love you like you you are like because a lot of times you hear people say like their children are like one of the loves of their lives Mm-hmm. And I just love like hearing like uh, unabashedly having parents like this, which we we got a little bit of that with the Kenobi series with Leia and her parents, but like it's not like you know as out there. But also, it's nice to see with adult parents and child, you know. Yes, absolutely. Yes, this like open naked affection that's not just words. It's it's actions and it's hugs and it's um, messages passed back and forth. And it's, um, it's, it's more than it's, it's a lot. It's, it's, it's more, it's, it's important. And you're right. It, yeah. Star Wars, Star Wars is a, has that parental, it's had that parental, um, the, the loss of a parent or the forgiveness of a parent or the sins of the father, 
um, as something at its core from episode five from from yeah, and even, finding out later. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you wanted to tie it back once we got some backstory and some and some history, too, if you want to tie it back to the loss of Owen and Baru as being mm-hmm. like part of the reason why Luke's even able to leave and start his journey in the first place that kind of like loss and anger of um you know of losing his home as something that launches the entire the entire story um it's hard longtime listeners will 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 have heard this already um but for um for people who those of us who have lost parents um especially to lose someone um young the hardest part is for for me at least has been um to wonder if if my father had lived longer um would i have been able to have that connection with him as an adult an an adult relationship a loving open relationship with my father um something like Cassian and Marva had he's in he's you know he's an adult and he's able to be honest and candid with his mother and and share things about his life and and take care of her and she openly shows affection and and love for him even when she thinks that he's doing something wrong there's no scolding there's no parenting anymore because they're both adults right Mm -hmm. and that's something that I that I've really struggled with um knowing that i'm never gonna have that i'm not gonna have that with my father he was i was young when he when he died um i never had a chance to say you know oh we're both adults here we can have this adult conversation and talk about you know talk about things like that and to see it openly displayed in a star war (laughs) has been really nice been really um i feel i i'm happy for i'm jealous but I'm happy for him. Like yeah. I've always said, I've been like really jealous of Jin Erso's conversation and last message from from Galen that she got to have that a little bit of closure almost before he before he went. Because um, the the line p- parallel to what you said the the tell him I love him more than anything he could ever do wrong, which is that's that's a rough one to hear. Um, the equivalent line on Jin Erso's side is. Um, uh, let her know that my love for her has never faded. That because it's never faded, even when he's working for the Empire, even though they've been separated all this time, even though they haven't spoken in fifteen years, um, it's never it's it hasn't faded. It's not gone, and he's able to say that to her, not directly, but that she's able to hear it and like understand that is. Um, it's nice that they were both able to have that message from their from their yeah. parents before before the end um i just uh man watching yeah Mar- watching the the decline and loss of marva was really 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 hard <laughs> um yeah no i definitely am i warn people that i've known who've gone through things before watching certain things i tell them i'm like okay this happens you need <laughs> just because sometimes you can get very you can get very um it can hit you harder um, like Miss Marvel dealt with like uh, the partition in mm-hmm. India and Pakistan and that I didn't yeah. know that was coming. Yeah. Just, <laughs> it's just our own traumas. Like th- this whole also just Andor in general. Yeah. Very personal and very mm-hmm. real. 
just very timely and it's sad that it's always going to be timely it feels Mm -hmm. like yeah we've had this conversation uh a couple of times uh over this show uh where earlier in the season the um celebration slash protest on aldani echoed the um protest in iran and what to watch that happen in real in real time while the show is coming out felt prescient um except that um, it's just because that kind of thing is going to keep happening. People are going to keep fighting and keep standing up and and it's, and keep, you know, these things are going to keep happening to people. And so they write it into a story and it happens to coincide with real time, real life events. But if the show had come out two years ago, it would have had echoed our experiences then, you know, it's just because everything, the history is cyclical, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because yeah, because watching this episode this week was really, um, was really hard after events earlier in the week, and um, watching riots break out, and when the when the um, when the imperial guy gave the order for the stormtroopers to start shooting into the crowd after Marva's speech or at the end of Marva's speech, I couldn't take it. That was real. That was too. That was too real. That was too hard. Yeah. Um, he interrupted the speech and he because mm-hmm. he had a temper his anger with what she was saying about the empire again so triggering it's i don't want to say triggering but it's so it's so real mm-hmm. and it's something while watching it the stormtroopers one we make fun of them for their bad aim mm-hmm. but they were hitting people because they had a huge crowd and mm-hmm. also we're seeing people get hit who aren't soldiers. We're seeing mm-hmm. people who aren't Jedi have these blasts and realizing the kind of damage they do. Right. And it's happened to characters that we know the names of, that we have had seen Cassian talk to and know that he grew up with. Yeah. And, and like little old ladies and and young people and, you know, people that that don't just that didn't deserve to get caught in this crossfire because what because they stood there and and cheered when a hologram said fight the empire they deserved to just to just die like that it's as an an awful thing Uh, it was it was really hard to watch they were there just to celebrate the life of a friend Mm -hmm. and it just um there was a a lot of stuff with like Nemec's speech, um, not speech, his play before the funeral. Yes. Yeah. So this episode had two big, really, I think, important um, like monologues. Last episode yeah. we had, we had a couple also. Um, and this theater episode- kids, theater kids are <laughs> eating monologues forever. You've got minute long monologues right here, folks. I used to get rebellion. like, yeah, in high school, I would get like my favorite TV, like monologues. Like I did a Buffy the Vampire Slayer monologue. Good. Well, and more power like, to yeah. you. Yeah. Um, like, so kids, kids are ready. <laughs> yeah. They're and like, I hope they, I hope they are. So these are really important pieces of, of, yeah. of writing that They're say great. a lot of important things. Yeah. So, so Cassian finally listens to Nemec's uh, manifesto. And so we get to hear some of it. Um, which is really good. And you 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 pulled it up. 
Um, yeah. Share some highlights from Nimick's ma- mm-hmm. manifesto because that, that dude, he's a heck of a writer. He is. And yeah, the one that really got to me, especially this week, is oppression is a mask of fear. And yeah, yep. this all this hatred is because they're scared. Mm-hmm. They they aren't stronger than us or more powerful. They're terrified of us because we're stronger. Mm-hmm. Because and- the world is changing in front of their eyes and the control that they thought they had over us it, they've discovered is flimsy at best and if it even ever existed if it ever or, even existed exactly yeah yeah there's something like tyranny tyranny uh you have to have constant is constant requires constant effort it breaks it leaks and just like yes that's good to know you know that's good to be reminded of it is he's right yeah that's the part the part that stuck with me the most from his speech was um tyranny requires constant effort um where he says because i and i was like yeah because his point is is that tyranny and like absolute control over other people is not people's natural state of being no and and people who think that they can do that that they can control every aspect of other people's lives historically have always found out that that's not the case um and we've we've saw that we've been seeing it in American politics and we've been seeing it for generations um, that every time somebody is trying to pass universal laws that control people um, and their right to their own bodies and their right to their own freedoms. um, And that every time a law like that is passed, we've seen it overturned. We've seen it changed. And it's not a, a straight line through progress, no. right? We've had some stepbacks lately, um, but I think the the that he's Nemec's right is that tyranny and control over people is not something that is sustainable, um, and that it's it's not people's natural state of being, and that's why it requires constant effort. Um, so, mm-hmm. like, fight back a little bit, push back a little bit, and you'll topple the whole thing. I also like that he said, like, there's armies and battalions that have no idea that they're already enlisted in our cause. There's people out there, everyday people, who are actually in this fight with us Mm -hmm. because they believe the same thing. And that just gives me chills that it's, again, it's that there's more of us. Yeah. Kind of feeling. Yeah. It was really important um, messaging in this episode. Yeah. I we wish needed to hear that. <laughs> we needed to hear. I needed to hear it. I wish that um this is the the one thing I had to say about this episode is that I felt like Cassian's decision to start listening to the manifesto um or like a, I'm going to give this manifesto a shot moment um didn't like play for me. I was like did he oh is he just oh I don't have anything to do so I'm going to start listening or was he like uh okay now I get it. I, I want to fight. Let me listen. Let me listen to that. I, I felt like all of a sudden it was just playing. And I was like, oh, okay. Tell me more about Cassian's state of mind here. Like, what is he, what is he thinking when he, or what is he doing when he's deciding to let this like wash over him? I felt like, 
I didn't get as much of that as I wanted. But then my husband vehemently disagrees with me. So maybe that's just me. <laughs> I thought it was because he had just gotten it back after being in prison. Yeah. So maybe this was his first chance to listen to it after he went through this horrific yeah. prison time. And he's like realizing there prison isn't a radicalized him. I guess. Yeah. And he's like, there isn't a way out of this fight. The empire is everywhere. I was doing nothing on that beach. Yeah. And I still got in trouble. Like he yeah. can't just be apathetic. And also his mother passing. She was like, I'm joining the rebellion, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, that's, that's a good point. That's a good point. I wish it had played more obviously yeah. on screen, but you're right. There is plenty of reasons for him to do it. And I'm not saying it, he wouldn't have listened to it eventually. Eventually. I just yeah. wish that something had clued me into why he had pressed, why he, why did he decide right now to press play? Um, yeah. Like if he had a droid around him, someone he could talk to, you know, to kind of explain it, but like we don't really get like in his yeah. mindset. Yeah, yeah, we have to make some inferences, and that's fine. We're media literate yeah. adults. We can, we can make our inferences <laughs> we as as we it out. Yeah, and it's not, and it, it's certainly not like a like a episode ruiner by any means. I just, yeah. man, if I, I'll I'll take a hundred more scenes in this show. <laughs> yeah, make it make it longer. <laughs> um, I know that that's not sustainable, but. I want. I don't want to miss a single minute of Cassian's life. Just do yeah. this whole show in real time. Make yeah, it. No, there was just forty-five days long, which is how long he was in prison for, right? <laughs> like, yeah. I want the whole show to be that long. Show me. You just every see him detail. making parts of the Death Star constantly all day. Which, oh, we're skipping ahead a little bit, but yes, because that um, that credit scene, the end credit scene, confirms. That what that's we, what yeah. they were making. Well, we knew yeah. and like we like suspected so, yeah. and 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 felt in our hearts to be true, um, but then we got a full confirmation, and it makes sense that the yeah. Then and it, I like that they showed that it was the dish of the Death Star yeah. because that's the bit that we see being placed into the Death Star at the beginning of Rogue One. That's like one of a, a like one of our early shots in Rogue One is them lowering the dish into place as it's finished, um, and so it's like specifically the parts. That Cassian's working on in the show are the parts that go on the dish, which makes its big appearance in in Rogue One. Um, it's in the the scene when when we first meet Tarkin, when Tarkin and Krennic talk for the first time, and you can see the dish being pushed into place in the background. Um, and it's and kind of like it feels like a like a time, like a hourglass for him. Yes, you know. Oh. Yeah, it gave me a little like, chill. It's like knowing, okay, the Death Star is coming. This is his timeline, mm -hmm. and we're getting there. Specifically, as soon as that thing is finished, as soon as that dish is finished, and the rest of the Death Star is also under construction too. But as soon as they're done and get pushed into place, that's it for Cassian. You're yeah, right, like an hourglass. It's like a really, yeah. it's like a really, really good analogy there. Oh, thank you. Um, and that just made me really sad again. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is a sad show. I'm sorry. It's a super sad show. So I was talking to my brother-in-law earlier, which was when he said, um, because like uh the the one guy, Cyril Karn's um buddy that um that he runs around with, um, at the very end when he's just kind of like collapsed against a wall, just kind of drinking, <laughs> like hang just chilling. Um, he's like, man, I went through it again on Ferrix. Um, 
I was like, that guy said the first instance of a swear, a particular swear. Oh, which yeah. I won't say on I won't say on the show. Yeah. Um it's a clean show. Um he has has the first instance of a particular swear word on um uh in Star Wars and and then my brother-in-law goes, that's how I knew that this show was going to be a show for adults and not <laughs> kids. And I was like, sure, yeah, with the swears and the increased violence and the, you know, like, increased amount of, like, death and, and like, gore and, and stuff in the show. Opening up in a brothel, you know? Opening in a brothel, all of that. But I was like, and also, because we are having some very serious conversations about fascism and tyranny and armed revolt against your oppressors and all of that. These are grown up topics that should yeah. be addressed. Teen like older teens absolutely should be like exposed to these conversations and experience them as well. Um I don't know how young is too young for yeah, for we, that conversation. We talked a little bit about this before about how um Marva's speech or was kind of like Ezra's broadcast, but Ezra's broadcast yeah. is obviously like a 15 year old <laughs> who's like on a time crunch talking like just, it's a baby version, you know? Yeah. The baby version. And yes. Cause Ezra's version of the speech is like, there are more of us than there are of them. And we need to get up and stand up and fight for our rights because we are, uh, we are we all deserve our, our freedoms and the empire is bad. Yeah, we can't and, back down now. We're yeah, all in this, this together, together kind of thing. But you know. Yeah, and Marva's it, speech instead is like um there's a wound that won't heal at the center of the galaxy, a darkness reaching like rust into everything around us. We let it grow and now it's here. It's here, it's not visiting anymore. It wants to stay. The empire is a disease that thrives in darkness. Like Ezra hears that whoop. and he's like, damn. <laughs> like, oh man, I yep, that old lady got did way better than yeah. me. Um he's like, but, why but, did you let the teenager talk? <laughs> <laughs> it's but it you're right, it's a different speech for a different audience. Ezra gives it for younger mm -hmm. kids in Rebels, which while a incredibly um tormenting show and very sad, is ultimately at its core a kid's mm -hmm. show. It's Andor is not. Andor is yeah is definitely for an older crowd and it's not just because of the swears and violence but it's because of these like true conversations about fascism uh, fascism <laughs> and and, and oppression yeah. and torture and <laughs> all of these horrible things that that can happen oh, speaking of which i i don't love that vix was tortured but i like that we see the aftermath of it which is something that does not get explored in star wars very much no hardly and at all you're right. Uh, Princess um, Leia's tortured in New Hope. She's fine by the time Luke gets to her. Yeah, she sets um, sets up with a you know with a sassy little remark about how tall yeah. Luke is. She's fine. Yeah, she's fine. She's fine. Yeah. Um, Hera is drugged and tortured, and it's played like a joke in Rebels. It's kind of disturbed me a little bit. So sad. Yes, I was very disturbed by Hera's torture and the way they handled Hera's torture. Yeah, because then she walks out of it all like drunk and cute and like flirting with Kanan. Yeah. Who dies minutes later. Um, and also you realize like she was pregnant during that entire time. And she time. was pregnant through that. 
yeah and 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 heavily drugged and tortured and they're like oh isn't it funny how she's acting kind of drunk and flirty with kana no it's sad it's an awful thing yeah like, her even, even while i was watching it the first time before knowing that she has a kid with him i was like this is this is weird but then it's, like watching it in hindsight this is awful it's really it's really disturbing um yeah hansel gets uh mid-level tortured in uh empire um he just gets kind of shaky kind of you gets, know like, when they yeah fried a little bit yeah they push him back down and leia catches him and he's like oh no i'm so tired or whatever but then he's like fine yeah then 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 they you know make out before he's put into carbonite right like He's, yeah, fine. So he's fine. Give him a couple yeah, minutes. Chewbacca he's fine. gets some loud. Yeah, Chewbacca gets like loud noises. Nothing um, like the noises Bix nope. had to hear. Nope. Um. Uh. I was just thinking. I was like, what other torture is there? Oh, when um, in, in the original, still in the original trilogy, when um, they're in Jabba's palace and there's that gong droid turned upside down and they're like branding his feet and torture torturing and the screaming. gong droid. Um, which gongs are my favorite. I love them with all my heart and soul and uh yeah the screaming gonk is so sad to me um uh poe dameron gets the crap beat out of him oh yeah um, by by either by kylo ren or by his, you know his lackeys but he gets um, also like mind yeah his mind gets uh and he gets like searched. knocked out um yeah but then he's able to stage like a full-scale breakout with finn yeah you know like a couple hours later right yeah same with Ray, uh, but Ray well, ends I mean, up turning. Ray turns the torture to yeah, yeah, Ray to Kylo yeah. in that moment. Um, Snoke tortures Ray, and then she beats all of the guards back yeah. to back with Kylo Ren a minute later. I, I think that's all the torture. Like, <laughs> I think some of them like have the Force, like Ray, and I guess we could say Leia, even though in A New Hope George wasn't writing it for that. Yeah, but in hindsight, yeah, you could you yeah. could you could write that into it. Yeah um but maybe maybe <laughs> harris um poor child with the force was protecting her yes yes <laughs> maybe um no but really it's because yeah. it's a good show and you can't be like there's a lot of torture in star wars listing all of those out just now there's a lot of torture those are in just star the wars. one on the top of our head we're not talking about even what the inquisitors had to go through to become sure like, right we see some yeah we see some of that in fallen order that's the only one i can think of you see the repercussions of yeah um and i can't and i can't run through every episode of clone wars in my head that fast but i'm sure there's more torture in there um Um, but yeah yeah, but bix's was awful bix was awful everything that happened to bix was maybe the most i i can't right now off the top of my head think of um of any individual act upon a person that the empire does like of course like blowing up alderaan was probably a more evil act if you look at sheer amount of lives lost um but like the empire or imperials in general acting upon a single individual um whatever torture they're doing whatever captives they're holding i can't think of anything more evil than what they did to biggs it's truly awful and she, yeah, and you see her suffering like a lot. She can't even. Oh, I forgot one. I forgot a torture. I did. I forgot a torture. And this is what it reminds me of, actually. Um, the reason. Um, Bodhi Rook. 
and the Borgullet. Oh my god, yeah. How did I forget the Borgullet? I hate the Borgullet. That's like a long, long time listeners will will remember that I hate the Borgullet with all of my the fiery passion in my soul. Um, Borgullet breaks into Bodirook's mind and rips him apart from the inside. He yeah. is a he is a changed man afterwards. Um, I think that um, that this torture did something very similar to Biggs. Very, yeah. very similarly, and needing to be helped out of um, out of the prison, needing to be kind of coaxed out to freedom is something Bodhi had to do the same thing. Bix is Bodhi. Bix is our Bodhi. Um, it's they just occurring to me. They both in their name. Bix and Bodhi, and they're both beautiful. And I um, really care about both of those characters so much. Um, yeah. And But yeah, that like post-torture... Um, like mind jumble can't make sentences straight is shaking and pale and sweating and and awful i mean it's the i mean it's the same thing but yeah probably worse off than bodhi was but. yeah i was thinking the imperials only really the imperials for sort of yeah, yeah but saw saw freaking saw freaking saw <sighs> that's saw. a that's a that was bad move that was a bad move saw and that's part of the reason why i have struggled with um like I said, I, like I, I have a lot of respect for Sagara, but part of the reason I've struggled with, like fully saying, like, yeah, I'm pro, I'm Team Sagara, that guy rules, um, is because by the end of his life and by the end of his, um, his career as a as a partisan, his, um, his level of trust and his, you know, probably for good reason, he doesn't trust people, um, but to just outright be like, yes, I keep the Borgullet on me at all times because I want to rip into people's minds and memories and tear information out of them with no regard to their safety or well-being in any way whatsoever is like an action that I can't can I can't condone that even if he thinks it is for a good cause he does it Bodhi Rook comes willingly mm-hmm. with information for help he goes a, like yes yeah. he goes I want to defect I've come to you with information um, I need I need help and I need to talk to to you and I need you to understand this. And Saw's like mm, torture. <laughs> We're gonna torture you. <laughs> and um, yeah, that that's I always butt up against that when talking about um, different different rebel styles. Um, and uh, I just I can't get behind that. But yeah, I guess that's just my another Rogue One connection that needed to be mm-hmm. needed to be yeah, made. No, that for was this a good podcast. one. <laughs> I totally like. I didn't even piece that together because I wasn't thinking of Saw. Saw such a messy boy. I love he's him a, though. He's such a messy boy. Can't wait for more Saw coming up. Hopefully. So, like the the fight at the funerals, uh, intense. Um, there's oh gosh, a lot the of action. A lot of action sequences and a lot of tension and everything. I don't think we need to go into too much detail here because it really is something that should be watched, watched rather yeah. than than just listening to us talk about it. Um, I I don't think I could do it justice. Really, there's a lot of incredible mm-hmm. sequences throughout the riot, throughout the you know through the fight. Um, but some highlights: um, Brasso using Marva's funeral stone to brain those dudes right at the beginning As of the fight. She would want it. As, As she, she would wanted uh that was iconic behavior um i have a crush (laughs) i have a new new fictional crush and he can get it he is so handsome 
He and is, he's sensitive. And he's sensitive and he's sweet. And when he and Cassian hug, I wanted to melt into the floor. I want a Brasso hug. I want a Brasso hug. He looks like he gives really good hugs. Yeah. Bring that to Disneyland. You know? <gasps> yes. Like Chewbacca hugs. <laughs> like, yes. Like Wookiee hugs, but it's Brasso. <laughs> and I want a Brasso exactly. hug. That hug was beautiful. It was an emotional, beautiful moment. And then we got to see him. He's emotional and beautiful. He takes care of Marva. He talks to uh, BT, B, uh, B2 uh, with a lot of respect and a lot of care. And then also he's braining dudes with with stones in the in the middle of the in the middle of a riot. And I was so glad that he rescued that kid whose name we pulled yeah. up. Um, um, Wilmon. Wilmon. Yes. Um, I'm so glad that he's okay. I would have really, I would have really had it out with Star Wars if they had been like, here's this 16 year old kid who watched his dad die, um, who, uh, you know, threw, threw a bomb in revenge. And then, and it, like, if Disney had killed him, I would have thrown an absolute fit. But they it's so much like Cassian with what happened mm-hmm. to his father. Oh, yeah. And just, but Cassian yeah. just went to, like beat up some people he didn't really have a plan right like and yeah and um yes to see the echoes of this and now we've got this 16 year old who's been radicalized and we're mo- taking him away from this planet and the kid's gonna kid's gonna be a fighter kid's gonna be a warrior he's gonna be a rebel um hell of a shot too yeah that arm. just seeing how how shaken he is when they get him to the ship with bix and everyone yeah. and it's just like was very real it's too real it's too real and again another 16 year old child who should never have been in that situation no um thanks star wars (laughs) um um yeah hell of a thing um and then um i guess um one more one more iconic moment uh and then in in the fight and then i think it's time to to wrap it up but um cyril and dedra (laughs) had a moment they shared a moment um okay. i will tell you when okay so um deidre gets hit by a rock which i was like good on whoever threw that rock i was like nice good hit nice. good hit whoever threw that a plus um and she's about to get like teared apart by the Ferex people and oh I'm yeah like, i thought we were about to see some game of thrones nonsense here yeah they were going to literally rip her to pieces but Cyril comes out like a creepy stalker's knight of arm, whatever, because he's still creepy as hell. And I <laughs> thought for a second they were going to kiss, and I was going to be so mad. I was like, so we mad. couldn't this is get not the Cinta- time. We couldn't get a Cinta Veil kiss, but we're getting these two fascists kissed. Thank God I we was didn't. Be- I know. I like, this is like, read the room. Disney, this is not the time or place, and thank God they didn't. Um, I'm still not sure that they're gonna um, be together. I don't know. Still, I don't think um, that Dedra is entirely uh, sold on him yet. Uh, but if they did get together, they would be a wild power couple. Um, the likes toxicity. of which, the likes of which the Imperials have never seen. <laughs> um, I oh, can we talk a little bit about Vel and Cinta? Yes. Yes, we can talk about them. We love them. I just love how Senta's like eyes on the prize at all times. It's such a like, Vail is such a like a rich girl. Like she still has something to go back to. Mm-hmm. Well, Senta has nothing to lose. Yeah. 
Well, Vale's like, oh, you're not even looking at me kind of thing. And you're like, her whole family died. She's on a mission. I know. I know. I still felt bad for Vel, though. I do. Like, I do too, she walks, she's, you know, she's gonna walk in and be like, hi, honey, I'm home. And and Cinta's not even gonna be like a, like, hi, love you, you look good, or anything. No no, no hugs or kisses or, or nothing. Like, anybody would feel neglected by that a little bit. And and yeah. I think Cinta did, Cinta did turn around. I think she realized that she had hurt Vel's feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, but she has no, you know, yeah, she has her eyes on the prize for a reason. She has nothing to lose now, except maybe that. She she took down that ISB agent. <gasps> I was so scared he hurt her. And then it was like, okay, no, it's him. It's fine. No, yeah. Soon <laughs> I was like, oh, she's going to get him. And uh, it's that a perfect was a, time to do it. It was a really intimate way to kill somebody. And I think a way that I don't think we've really seen in Star Wars. That was a regular knife. That was just that yeah, wasn't not a like, not blade or nothing. That was just yeah, a regular old knife right into his gut. It was a yeah. very, very close up, very intimate way of murdering yeah, somebody. She's, she's right in his face. She pushes him, closes the door and just leaves. And then is off. Yeah. Perfect time to do it. Who's going to catch you? Who's gonna Who's gonna notice in the middle of a riot like that? Yeah, and she's um, leaving in the middle of a riot too. Mm-hmm. Yep, they, and they make it. Cinta and Vel live to fight another day. Good for them. Um, love them. Hopefully, they can find a balance between keeping your eye on the prize yeah. and the work and, life and, balance. Yes, you keep your eye on the prize, but you also appreciate what they're what it is that you are fighting for. Mm-hmm. It's the people that you love. Um, Rose Rose Tico taught us that. <laughs> Again. If there was space therapy, they all there would it. not be a lot of it. <laughs> everybody needs it. But yeah, that's it. Uh, yes, you're you're correct. I I absolutely respect and uh, admire Santa's eye on the prize, um, and that Vel is going to be the rich girl with something to go home to. I I do absolutely see and understand that. Um, but if you're too focused on that prize, um, like like Luthen, like Saw like mon mothma now she's you yeah. know she's she's given everything up what do you have left what are you fighting for so maybe um, that makes Vale and Santa like a good couple because they'll balance each other out i would hope so i hope so and i hope that yes in the future we get them still as a couple um acting as kind of the like representative foils to the rebel leaders who can't seem to let that go that the two of them can, that they can appreciate each other and fall in love and to prove that you can do both at the, at once. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I hope that that continues, that they continue to um, have that with each other. And the, sh- and the uh, season ends with uh, Cassian and, and Luthen back on the ship where, where, where they all began. <laughs> um, and it's a, it's a short little scene. And actually, I, I was like, where is Cassian going? Why isn't he going with his friends? And then I was like, oh. I Luthen. He's, I figure he's going to Luthen because he's think, he knows Luthen will keep following him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he can't put his so, friends in danger. Yeah. He's like, kill me. Put, yeah. put, bring me to jail. I don't care. Do whatever you want with me. And Luthen's like, like, do it. Not, not murder or jail, but a secret third thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor B2 emo. He's like C- C- Cassian. C- C- Cassian. Oh, oh my gosh. When the Imperial kicked him over, I was like out loud. I was like, don't you touch him. 
Don't you hurt him. I love how like people are like, yep, yeah, no, we're getting the we're getting the droid. I've said this like on the Geeky the Space Waffles podcast is like you can tell a lot about the characters by how they treat droids. Yeah, absolutely. Except Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan Kenobi just he's not he's a weirdo. He's he's very um he's just an unusual man that Obi-Wan yeah, Kenobi. But everyone else. Yeah, that's why Brasso is number one king. Um mm-hmm. Brasso is now number one Star Wars crush. Um, is very kind to droids is a is one of the top reasons why Brasso is number one now yeah in our hearts in our hearts forever what do you think is going to happen in season two speculation time wild crazy speculation the wildest speculation you can um and like a wish list what do you got Ahsoka walks in and has it uh, says, "Have you heard of the Rebellion Initiative?" Nice, and, you know, like yeah, like the like eye a, patch and everything. Yeah, yeah, full on Nick Fury style. <laughs> exactly. No, Perfect. um, <laughs> I think we're gonna get more worlds. I feel like it's gonna be more travel, which cool. I mean, we went to a lot of planets in this one. Heck. Yeah, but I feel like this but more is planets be, is always a good thing. Yeah, I think we're gonna definitely see him get his hands even dirtier. Mm-hmm. But he's gonna be all in now, yeah. And we're gonna see him get to the point where he doesn't hesitate to kill the informer informant, Rogue One. Like we have to see mm-hmm. him get to that point where he's yeah. like, he doesn't hesitate, and he just yes. because we have that first episode where he looks so sad when he accidentally kills someone. Yeah, and he yeah, and it broke his heart. He yeah. does. He um. He did have a have a kill in uh, this episode when he's going to get Bix, and he just mm-hmm. like knocks that dude over and shoots him like no problem. But that's Imperials, right? He's still and they're he wearing doesn't... they're wearing helmets. You mm-hmm. know, it's different. There's a psychological thing with that when mm-hmm. you don't see the person's face. Exactly. So right now he does not seem to have a problem with the Imperials, but he is going to have to get to a point where he's going to shoot Tibic Tibic in the back, full faced, lying to him while he does so. Um, yeah. Something is going to happen to Cassian that gets him to be that man. You're you're absolutely correct. He's I, he's not there yet. He's not that guy. Not yet. My wish list. My wish. The top of my wish list. The one thing that I have been wishing for uh, every single episode this entire time. Yes. Is it K two S O? It's not. Yes. Okay. Yes, it's K two S O. But that's not where I was going. The one thing All I have right. mentioned every single episode of this show since since the beginning. It's Bail Organa, baby. I gotta oh, give me some yeah, Bail Organa. We, yeah, I remember. Give me Jimmy Smits. I need him. I need him to be in the show. I know he'll be in the show. K2, of course. We're, we're got, no. We gotta get K2. We that, need I Bale think, is a given his, rather than a wish list. Right. Yeah, we need Bail and his amazing capes. I need the Like, capes. out-caping Mon Mothma, you know? <gasps> Man, the, yeah, the flow of their outfits is unreal. I mean, that's really what Rogue One's all about, the capes. Mm-hmm. I want I want Jimmy Smits. I want a um I want a reference to Galen Urso. Um I or Orson Krennic, preferably both. Um I want you know what As somebody mentioned the other day that they really wanted they were like if we're going to get higher up Imperials, we've got Dedra, we're going to go higher. Um I want Ray Sloan. I want her real bad. I want a Ray Sloan. I, don't I want to Tarkin, maybe. No, 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 CGI Tarkin. But he Kill would be even fire. better. But he would be even better now. He Put wasn't him. that bad in Rogue One. 
just put him in a hologram. Hologram would be great. Not in person. That. Just hologram. Or at least a reference. I just want, I want, I want a Tarkin reference. I need more connections to Rogue One. I need it to start happening and fast. You know I what a I Krennic, love? I want a Krennic. Uh, Krennic and Tarkin, want... their fights are so delicious. I know. They're so sassy. But I, I want to see Palpatine, but not front and center. I want to see him like in some propaganda. In yes. The back. Propaganda like posters or like a old hologram or something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want him to be having meetings with anybody. I I do like the the idea. Like we had like Admiral Admiral Yurik, um, like say I talked to yeah. to you, you know, kind of thing. That's great. And Mom Mothman, the senator, is mentioning him. But yeah, yes. just like him in the background, you know, seeing like how he's portrayed to the people, yes. kind of thing. I would be happy with the like you said, like the casual. Oh, I talked to Palpatine or whatever. I'd be very happy with with Krennic Tarkin being mentioned just like that. Just brief. Yeah. Just quick little, here you go. We're mentioning, we're bringing it in. We're bringing in Rogue One. I need Jimmy. You know what? I need K2. Krennic and Thrawn fighting <gasps> over funding because Thrawn's trying to do his X-Wing, uh, not X-Wing, I mean his TIE Fighter program. His awful TIE Fighter program. Yeah, but he can't get the money because Krennic's got the Death, the Death Star. Star. Perfect. I love that. Bureaucratic that would be nonsense. amazing. That would be amazing. Um, I, I would hilarious. <laughs> I would love, um, I'd love a ghost crew reference. Just I'd chopper love... rolling by. That's all I want. I want just, just like in Rogue chopper One. Chopper rolling by. Yeah, exactly. He... Maybe, maybe paging Hera. Maybe paging, you know, just Zed. like in Rogue One. Don't need them. Don't need them actually there. Just but they have like... already cast Sabine and Ezra for the Ahsoka mm -hmm. show, right? Yeah, and I'm pretty so if sure happened to wander on set for Andor season two. Just you know, so you see Sabine in the helmet in the background. You see Sabine's art. Yes, in the in perfect and yeah, that's it. Because yeah. I just I don't want too much of it. But little, you know, hints, I don't little little hints, little, a little taste, a little taste. Yeah, I just yes, I, I don't I, need it. I don't need the show to all of a sudden become like a a full-blown Star Wars cameo fest. I don't need yeah. that. But there are people who are important to the story. And yeah, are important makes sense. to important to connect the connections between the show and Rogue One, which Tony Gilroy has said is really important to him. And really important to Cassian's whole arc is what brings yeah. him to Rogue One. And there are there are people and characters that are important to do that. K2, obviously. And That's a given. We're gonna get Alan Tudyuk yeah, on, on yeah, set. We're yeah. gonna it's it's gonna happen. Um and and it's it's gotta be Bill Organo. That dude he has to show up. And the fact that I he hasn't yet has me. made me really I just, mad. I know. I just want one more Jimmy Smith. Just, just one more Jimmy Smith as, as a treat. Just a little bit more. Just a little bit. Just Leave him really Jimmy good. As a treat. <laughs> but it makes so much sense for like the last season of Rebels would be taking place around this time of mm -hmm. what they're saying season two is going to be. Yeah. If, when they're at Yavin and freaking Hera's a general. Mm -hmm. She's oh, a general. She, sense. she fights in Scarif. Yeah. Like, it makes perfect sense for them all to roll up. Oh, I also want clones. I want a clone to show up. At least one. That's that's my wish list for every Star Wars Rex project forever right now. There. I Rex need... I just need Tamara Morrison to roll up as a clone in pretty much everything that's done for the rest of any Star Wars project. I he just rolls onto set wearing whatever it is that he's wearing and is like, I'm a CGI clone guy. Me. 
I'm a clone, but like, and then just I, I I need him as Captain Rex for like personal reasons. It'd be really good. He's like one of my top favorite characters of all Star Wars. Like, I need him in live action. I did just list him as a. I did just on like Hive when we were doing uh, top five (laughs) Star Wars characters of all time. I wrote uh, Captain Rex. Um, Whether it's a clone captain or a star tours captain you'll Heck never yeah. know you'll never know which one i'm talking about <laughs> wait is he also a dj also dj rex but no like i wrote captain rex specifically so it's yeah either... but i know but captain rex is now a dj he is now a dj but no no, I, no if i were to clarify rex whether or not captain rex was a dj that would tilt the you you would know which one i was talking about but you're not allowed you don't know what rex does in his free time between you know being a clone captain he could if be we, like at 79 and just like rocking out on I would, that would be that would be <laughs> iconic so i guess it's time to wrap up candace once again thank you so much for joining me on this show on this episode i'm so glad you decided to come back you are a joy to talk to you have so many fabulous opinions about Star Wars, I would have so you on many. all the time. <laughs> I have too many opinions. <laughs> uh, so thank you for for um, coming on the show with us. And why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you online and uh, what you're working on lately? Yeah, the best place to find me is at thegeekywaffle.com or geeky underscore waffle on Twitter for now. For now. <laughs> and the geeky waffle <laughs> everywhere else. So I highly recommend people like following our youtube which i am so close to a million views oh hopefully by the time i don't know in the next day because i'm like less than a thousand from a million just go subscribe please yay which i will be having uh alice alice's video come out about california adventures i'm just gonna be happy (laughs) and go there to get some footage not not on purpose but I thought it would be best to wait. <laughs> I got my No, I can't wait because it's so much fun. Um, yes. yes. Geeky Waffle is amazing. You guys do uh, awesome work over there. I am very honored to be the occasional contributor. So if you want to follow uh, this show right now, we're on Twitter at Rogue Fun Pod. Who knows where we'll be in the future? Um, and you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Tumblr, and Hive Social at Alice White THP for those happy places. Those happy places is our other podcast project. It is our podcast about theme parks, rides, and attractions, and why they deserve to be thought about as literature. Uh, if you are interested in that, you want to learn more, you can find those happy places, Rogue Fun, and all of our other amazing podcast projects at thosehappyplaces.com. Um, from there, you will also find a link to our Patreon, patreon.com slash those happy places. There are a couple of tiers on there, bonus episodes and blog posts and, uh, uh, you know, stickers and postcards and, and buttons and all sorts of fun stuff over there. If you want to go take a look, once again, that link is patreon.com slash those happy places. And a special thanks to Buddy Duquesne, who once again was unable to make it to the recording of this episode because he hasn't watched Andor yet. <gasps> um, and <laughs> and because he's busy on Wednesdays. But um, uh, Buddy Duquesne, if you uh, listen to this when you come back and listen to these episodes after you've watched Andor, um, special message for you. 
Uh, you are my best friend and my favorite co-host, and I miss having you on the show. So hopefully we'll get you back on again soon. Uh, Candace, once again, thank you so much for joining us. You bring a fabulous energy to everything you're on, and I'm so happy you were here. Thanks for having me. Rogue fun. Pulling away. May the force be with you.